Hi, and thank you so much for tuning into the Your Pet Business Content Your Way podcast. This podcast is for you if you're looking to promote your pet business online in a way that feels good, feels right, and can even be something that you actually enjoy. I'm Rachel Spencer, and I help people working with animals in lots of different capacities, from people who make products to people who are service providers and people who work around the industry as well. So B2B businesses let go of the things they feel they should be doing and focus on the things that they want to do. And I firmly believe that if you're promoting your work in your own way, you're going to feel more comfortable talking about what you do, meaning that you reach more people and make more of an impact. And this week's episode is something a little bit different. I'm going to be talking about the roller coaster that is running a small business because I think we need to talk about this stuff and we don't talk about it enough. We hear lots of stuff about the good stuff, but we don't hear so much about the challenges. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about lots of different things. I'm going to share some of my own personal experiences. I'm going to share some examples with you. I've also done quite a lot of research as well to go alongside this episode. All of the things I reference here will be in the show notes. I've looked at lots of different studies into small business and what we go through as a small business owner um, and the support that's out there as well. Um, I'm also going to talk about how you can get some support if you would like that and why this support is so important and also why it's really important to look at the roller coaster rather than just, you know, the highs of running a small business. Um, And it's come about really because we've had a challenging year, haven't we, this year? Um, Last year we had, this time last year, you know, the cost of living crisis was all we heard of in the news. Christmas was really challenging. And this year has been, it's been a difficult year for small businesses. Um, And lots of other things that have happened over the summer as well that have, you know, people have found really challenging. And I wanted to talk about the roller coaster because Sometimes I think when you're on your own, you think everybody else is doing great and everyone else is riding high. And actually, um, we need to talk about the fact that that it, it isn't the case. I don't want it to be all doom and gloom. Um, I want to be positive. I also want you, if you're listening and you you have had a bit of a tough time, to think you know it's not just you. It's part of what we do. So you know, the point here is is that running a business is like a roller coaster, isn't it? Like it's never smooth when we. When we think when we start a business, it's going to be a nice smooth road that we're going to go, you know, drive down and we're going to build and it's going to be an upward, upward trajectory, trajectory even. We think we're going to, you know, maybe start at nothing and then it's going to grow and grow and grow because that's what we hear about, isn't it? It's about growing our businesses. We don't hear about actually you're going to grow and then, you know, you might have a disaster and then you might grow a bit more and then there might be, you know, some there'll be another spanner in the works because it isn't a smooth road it isn't an upward trajectory there's ups and downs and I think um we need to talk about this more I went on I've been doing the NatWest Accelerator um, I'm doing it for the next six months and when we went for our intro a couple of days um there was a slide actually that our um our cohort leaders shared with us our coaches shared with us um and it had a picture of a road a nice smooth road bimbling along and then it had you know there was a really good second graphic underneath and it was it looked like a roller coaster but it was it was like hills and it was bridges and you know there were dips and peaks and mountains and all these different things and again it is like that image of the roller coaster isn't it which I think is an easy um analogy really for looking at this because you know when we're on a roller coaster obviously we've got the highs which are really exhilarating then we've got the dips as well and 
you know, when you see people at the top of the roller coaster, if we're, you know, at Alton Towers or Blackpool Pleasure Beach or wherever it is you are in the world where you see these things, you see people at the top of the roller coaster, don't you? They're exhilarated, they're screaming with excitement about how great things are. And then you see people at the bottom of the roller coaster or at the end, where they're kind of a little bit shell shocked. They've been thrashed around, they've been bashed around, been flung around, and they're, you know, they're just like, oh my gosh, what? you know what what just happened and that is what it is like with running a small business isn't it Um, and that's an analogy that I wanted to use here because when we look at you know when we're at the bottom of the roller coaster having a rubbish time we we can't help but be drawn to looking at people who are at the top who are you know smashing it killing it whatever having 10k months or 5k months or brilliant launches or whatever and feeling rubbish about ourselves but actually the reality is is in another few weeks a few days or even a few hours, you could go from feeling really rubbish to being back up there, back at the top of the roller coaster, screaming and feeling exhilarated. Likewise, the person who is smashing it, killing it, however you want to look at it, in a few weeks, days or hours' time, some spanner could come along in the works for their business and they're going to be at the bottom again. They're going to be going through the tough time. So this is about letting go of the belief that things should run smoothly. And if they're not running smoothly, you're doing something wrong. Because you're not, it's just the roller coaster that is running a small business. Um, I did a podcast episode with a brilliant um, pet business coach over in America called Bella Vasta. Um, I will link to it in the show notes. And as part of the conversation, we were talking about the cost of living crisis. It was about this time last year. And she said, you know, you know what? Yeah, we're in a cost of living crisis. Um, that's why we were at that moment. But there's always going to be some rubbish that we're going to have to deal with. There's always going to be some plain sailing. And actually, we need to be prepared for this. We need to be prepared for these, um, you know, the uncertainties and the challenges that come along rather than thinking it's just going to be okay. We're going to have a business and everything's going to be fine. Um, and yeah, what she shared, she shared lots of wisdom in there, but I will link to it in the show notes. But that was one of the things that I did take away from it. And when I was preparing for this episode today, I did think actually, you know, Bella did cover that really well. And just to say, you know, it isn't going to be smooth. There are always going to be spanners in the works and we have to accept that um, and definitely not beat ourselves up when we're in the middle of um, those tough times. And I guess I wanted to um, record this episode because running a community, um, I have a membership um which i have over 100 members in and i work really closely with them um, and i also have a free community as well um, and i see people enjoying the highs and it's brilliant being with them and celebrating but i'm also there particularly with my members and my one-to-one clients when the low when they're in the lows at the bottom of the roller coaster as well supporting them as best i can um and it's yeah i guess it's why i wanted to talk about this and cover this um as a podcast episode and i think what i'm going to do is just start with like my story as well so i've been um I've been self-employed. I've had my own business um, for 17 years this year. Um, I'm going to just tell you a little bit of background about this before I go into um, the research and the stuff that I've prepared for this episode. So back in 2006, I was 30. Um, I am now 47. um, And I was in London and I was on my friend Sue Dickinson as her name was then her Hindu and at the time I was working for the News of the World which was a pretty tough newspaper to work on it was a tabloid it was the biggest selling newspaper in the world and it was tough um anyway you always went you were always going from hero to zero within a nanosecond you were only you're only ever as good as your last story and even if you had a brilliant front page story one week if you came in the following tuesday with only a few you know half baked ideas 
you know, you were for the high jump and that's putting it politely. So I was like, you know, we were always like, it was either brilliant, great work, you've brought in a great story, well done, total, you know, herograms, or you were literally being, you know, lamblasted or whatever the word is, hauled over the coals for whatever you'd done wrong or whatever you'd missed. Anyway, what would happen is quite often there'd be a big story with a celebrity and there'd be, I'd be working for the news of the world and I'd be trying to get this person to talk to me. And then one of my friends, Martin, he used to work for the Sunday Mirror. He'd be trying to get the same person to talk to him. There'd be various other different reporters who would all be working on this story and whoever got it was the hero and whoever didn't would, you know, be zero. Um, anyway, this particular episode had happened. There was, um, there was a TV show on at the time called Big Brother and there was a story about one of the contestants, a lady called Makosi, um, and how she'd had a relationship with another celebrity or something like that. Anyway, I'd been trying to get her to talk to me and she wouldn't talk to me and then she asked me for a certain amount of money and then my boss wouldn't pay it. Anyway, then she ended up being in a rival paper giving the story that I wanted and that I'd been chasing, that my boss had said, no, you can't have that much money to give to Makosi for this story, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the paper drops on a Saturday night. That's what happens when you work on a Sunday newspaper. So it's printed and then it lands in the news agents. really. Um, you know, they get the really early copies at like 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. And my boss sees it and it's this story about Makosi's in the Sunday people. And I've been on a Hendu, so you can imagine I was quite refreshed. Uh, we've been at the races all day and we were out in London at a restaurant and my boss rang me up screaming and shouting because I'd missed this story and I was distraught. So as I said, I'd, you know, had a few drinks and I spent the night spent the night crying in the toilets, but not just crying, like absolutely bereft, you know, hysterical, couldn't breathe. My friends were frantic, you know, and they were like, look, Rach, you know, this isn't right. You're sitting crying in the toilet on a hen It wasn't the first time this had happened. Um, and, and I was like, yeah, no, you're right. I'm not putting up with this. And the next morning, um, you know, that night I said, look, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm going to quit. I'm going to go freelance. I'm going to I can't be doing with working for this newspaper anymore. Obviously, it's a bit more colourful than that, you can imagine. Um, anyway, the next morning, they were like, do you remember saying you were going to leave your job last night? And I came round, and obviously I felt a bit fragile, but I said, yeah, do you know what? I am. I'm going to leave my job. I've had enough of this. I am going to go freelance. I'm going to give it a go. I remember going back home. I lived on my own in Warrington at the time, and round, my mum and dad lived around the corner. Um, sorry, I'm just letting Patch in. My mum and dad lived around the corner. My uncle Steve was there. Um, and I remember being in their living room and saying to them, look, going around to see them to say, look, you know, I've, I've had enough from the job. I want to quit. I want to go freelance. Um, but I don't know if it's going to work or not. But I want to take this chance. Um, if I need support, I lived on my own, had a mortgage to pay and everything. I was single. Um, and I didn't want to lose my house, obviously. Um, would you help me? And they were like, yeah, of course, you know, we, we believe in you. And if you need our support, then of course we're here for you. Anyway, luckily I didn't need them to help me. I squirreled away some money. I won't talk about how I did that, but I did give, well, actually I'm doing now, aren't I? I gave a few tips um, and stories to magazines and other friends who paid me um, during my notice period. Um, and by the time I went freelance and left, I had, I think I squirreled away like probably about five grand. So I had, you know, I had a bit of a buffer for the first few months. Um, I bought a MacBook on a credit card. Um, and all, you know, as a journalist, all you need is a notepad and a pen and a computer, really. And I was off. And in that first year, I made twice my salary. Um, I bought a house. I'd already I'd already bought my own house, but I decided I wanted to move. Um, and I ended up being able to put down like 30 grand that I'd managed to save, which was amazing. 
Um, and the, the best bit about it was, it was my old boss was fuming because he used to have to sign off all the payments to me. So I'd only been getting paid, I was being paid about £32,000 a year, I think, when I worked there, but I managed to double what I'd made as a freelance. Um, so I had that amazing first year, I was able to put down this money to um, buy a house. I worked really hard, worked for loads of different magazines um, and it was amazing. And, you know, my freelance business grew and grew and I don't want to sound like a showy offy person, but it was a six-figure business at one point. It was There was a lot of money around um, at that time and I was really shrewd with what I did with it, put it into my house. It was really sensible, but it was really lucrative. Anyway, that was in 2006. Fast forward five years and the paper got shut down. Um, I did loads of work for that newspaper and it meant that 85% of my income vanished overnight. So I'd had these years of really, really good times. And then it was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So yeah, lost a big chunk of my income. Um, then online happened, newspapers went online, um, or there was more focus on online rather than print. So um, the budgets came down because obviously online, they have to have so many stories. Like the Mail Online has like up to 2,000 stories a day that they upload. Um, so they pay very small amounts of money for online um, compared to what they used to pay for print. So it was constant up and down, years and years of up and down, feast and famine. My main employer had obviously closed down and it was just, you know, a total roller coaster. So that was like 2020, that was 2011. Um, and then in I think like 2017, 2018, I decided I launched my blog in 2017 because I knew that I needed to, um, you know, improve my online skills. And then in 2018, I started working with small businesses. Um, and then, you know, that's been feast or famine. That's been up and down as well. You, you know, you have, I, for the first few years, I, my journalism work supplemented most of my income. And then I worked on building an audience and, and all of those things and products and services so I could do more online. And, I, you know, my aim was always to have like 100% of my work for it to be online and working with small businesses. And we're kind of getting there now, nearly there. Um, but, you know, even over the last few years, I had, I did one launch in 2021, in January 2021, which was amazing. I had um, really brilliant numbers sign up for my program then. I had a membership program that was, I think it was about £800 a month. And I had a launch where I think about 18 people signed up and it worked out at about £13,000, which was a brilliant launch. But then the following year, I launched pretty much the same product and only four people signed up. So less than a quarter of people than I had the year before. So it was like, okay, I need to change. I need to adapt and I need to change my things as well. So like, I guess I'm sharing that because I'm totally on the roller coaster with you. Um, yeah, like I say, running a community where you see people enjoying the highs and being with them celebrating, but also being there with them in the lows at the bottom of the roller coaster, um, you know, it's, it's just a constant reminder that this stuff isn't play, plain sailing. So I've talked a little bit about my experience there um, and why I'm talking about this topic. And I wanted to share with you, like when I say the reality, what I wanted to share with you is some like proper um, data and statistics about this whole roller coaster thing um, and the reality of running a small business. because. We hear all this BS about, you know, six figure this and 10K months and, you know, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing this and I've got, you know, I've just done a billion pound launch or whatever, or, you know, you can have, you can have a 5K month by doing three hours work a week and all that kind of stuff. And I think all of this BS that we hear online um, sets expectations that you can do these things. And I, I don't, honestly, I don't think unless you have got like a massive audience and a massive email list, you can't just have magical um, six-figure launches and 
10k months and on all of that kind of thing unless you've got a really established business you're not just going to go online and have these amazing things fall into your lap and I think because we get given these expectations and it's you know people pass this off as something that's supposed to be like as easy as you know just walking around the park it can make you think that if you don't achieve that that you're doing terribly and everyone else is doing really well and you're some kind of loser and believe me, I'm speaking from experience here because I've done, a, you know, I've been on these programs where I've been promised all of these different things and then it's not worked out for me and I felt like a total loser. Um, and the, the, the reality is we only share the highlights on social media. We only share the award wins, the new stuff that we're doing, the raving reviews. And of course, you should share this. You know, you work hard and I totally think that you should celebrate your achievements. But when you find yourself in a low, sometimes seeing things like this can bring about all kinds of feelings and negative self-talk and that's why I wanted to talk about the facts of what life really is like as a small business owner in the UK today so these are the facts these are all stats taken from research and studies and I'm going to link to each one each of the sources in the show notes so the first um, first stat is almost seven in every ten owners of small businesses face serious problems with late payments and six in ten experience stress anxiety or depression because of it that is from a study from Juno which is a payment platform um, another study by Simply Business published this year revealed that 56% of small business owners in the UK have experienced poor mental health over the past 12 months. 59% revealed they suffered from anxiety, 38% with depression, and 22% reported feeling, experiencing feelings of loneliness. One in three also experienced burnout at work, and one in three small business owners are working over 46 hours a week, which is 10 hours more than the UK average. I know that I'm definitely one of those. Um, that study, the Simply Business one, found um, three quarters of small business owners take fewer than 20 days annual leave per year, which is significantly smaller than what normal people have, which is you know a national entitlement of 28 days. Now, Simply Business partnered with Mind, the mental health charity, to create Mind Your Business, which is a platform with resources to support people with feelings of overwhelm. And they have resources around having difficult difficult conversations, burnout, stress management, all kinds of different things there, which I'll link to in the show notes. So that's the first study. And then the other study that I found, which is just fascinating, was created by the Zero Banking app. They published a report in April this year talking about the global state of small business owner well-being. Um, I will, as I say, link to all of these in the show notes. They looked at seven different countries. Um, they looked at the UK, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, Singapore, South Africa, and the US. And they surveyed 900 business owners in the UK between November 2022 and February 2023. Some of the stuff I'm going to quote direct from this report because it's fascinating um, and some of the things I've, I've um, summarised. Um, so what they found was all seven countries in the study faced persistently high rates of inflation with little sign of relief in the foreseeable future. Um, what they found was that prices keep going up while people's budgets keep getting smaller and that makes it tough for small businesses to make enough money. Customers have less cash to spend but businesses have higher costs so profits are being squeezed. And the economy is also slowing down now that the initial surge of spending after COVID has ended. Remember, like during COVID, people, you know, people were spending, weren't they? And interest rates are up as well, which makes borrowing money more expensive. This is a direct quote from the report. 
it's said for small businesses in all seven countries, that means adjusting to operate in a low growth environment where customer relationships and adaptability to changing needs play an ever greater role in maintaining profitability. Now, when it came to the UK, these were some of the what they describe as noteworthy factors. Now, this makes for quite grim reading. I'm going to be a bit more cheery towards the end of the episode. But this is this is what I'm saying, right? When we are seeing all of these people going on social media about how they're smashing it and how brilliant they are and 10-figure this and six-figure that and all of this stuff. This is, this, is, this is, you know, proper data and the reality. So if you have had a rough time, you the message I'm saying here is you're not on your own. So back to the noteworthy factors. These are direct quotes. UK small business owners were far less likely than those in other countries to feel cheerful, 38%, active and vigorous, 36%, or fresh and rested, 32%, most or all of the time. 26% can only take a break from their business some of the time or not at all. 52% feel financial distress, none or only some of the time, with a relatively low 19% experiencing it most or all of the time. So that's fairly uh, cheery isn't it 19% experience financial distress most or all of the time but 52% feel it none or only some of the time um, it also is all about counselling actually only 30% can a- access affordable counselling or support most of the time the lowest of all countries by a significant margin they said in the report our findings from the UK offer cause for concern Small business owners in the UK struggle with significantly lower levels of well-being than in any other country. Inflation in the UK is higher than in all other countries, with small business owners likely anticipating severe impacts on their business when responding to our questions. The results suggest that small business owners in the UK may be in increasing urgent need of support services that specifically address their challenges. And at the same time, they may benefit from learning new skills or disciplines that pique their interest as well as initi- as well as from initiatives that free up their time and energies to do so. A focus on the positives in the here and now could help offset anxieties about future outlook and paradoxically strengthen owners' well-being to better face those challenges. So that was a report from zero and what they did was they created something called Unmind, which is a mental health toolkit to support small businesses around mental health and to talk about ways of prioritizing well-being as i've said i'll link to that in the show notes and you can go and um, find out some more information on that because there's some good resources there their recommendations were that small businesses invest in learning tackle the root cause of mental health issues um, and that counseling was provided and peer support to you know to help small business owners and also to explore ways to achieve greater restedness basically have more rest which is all very well and good when you are you know peddling like a crazy person trying to keep your head above above water so that's the kind of doom and gloom um, i do want to talk about some positives as well the positives of having a having a small business because there are so many aren't there and really can you ever imagine going back and working for somebody i know i can't 17 years of being self-employed i'm definitely unemployable but the positives are, these are some things that I've come up with. I'm going to give you some data as well later. Um, you know, we've got the freedom to create our own routine, haven't we? I'm away, where I'm recording this podcast, I'm away at, um, in Norfolk, a holiday cottage. Um, Sue from East Rushton Cottage, Holiday Cottages has very kindly um, given me and Kerry an amazing um, place to stay. And I'm here with Kerry. She's going to be doing some photo shoots. I'm going to be doing some work here and I'm going to be writing about the cottages here as well. Um, 
But, you know, we have the freedom to do things like that, don't we? And with Kerry, and she was saying, she's a dog photographer, Kerry Jordan from Fur and Fables. She was saying, like, one of the great things about being self-employed is that you can just choose your own hours. And like last weekend, it was raining all weekend. So she worked all weekend, but she knew it was going to be sunny in the week. So she went for a lovely hike with her, her two whippets. So we can do things like that, can't we? We can choose our own routine. We don't have to do that whole nine to five thing. One of the things, and I used to work in Manchester, I lived in Warrington and worked in Manchester. And if you know the area, you'll, or if you are familiar with the area, the M56 has just got this horrible thing at the end of it called the Princess Parkway. And it's just this gnarled traffic, traffic hellhole. Anyway, I used to sit in traffic every day and I'd see the same faces as I went into the office for 10 o'clock and as I drove home from the office at six o'clock sitting there in their cars looking miserable I don't have to do that anymore and nor do you hopefully not anyway so that's a massive positive isn't it another one is that you can take projects on that you really believe in and you can say no to stuff that you don't want to do or things that don't fit in with your values so you know if somebody comes along to me and they think choke chains are brilliant and they want me to write about them I can say no I don't want to work with you Likewise, you can say no to clients who aren't a good fit and you can work with clients that you really love. I talk about my clients regularly on this podcast and I feel really, really fortunate to work with the people who I do Um, and, you know, just such brilliant, brilliant people. But there are people who come along who aren't a good fit fit for me either. Um, So, yeah, you know, we can work with clients that we love, can't we? You can create things that you you love as well um, and you can be agile, which I know is a bit of a, buzzword but anyway you can and you can move quickly with ideas so really good example of this i'm recording this um on the 23rd of september it's going to be going out at the end of september and um, we've just had the xl bullies legislation in the uk um and kerry whitney from frankie's boutique she has created some bullies bow tie badges she creates bow ties basically um, and they have badges on with loads of different messages on them she's done a product range basically you know standing up for the XL bullies and hitting back at this legislation, which is just devastating for the breed. Now, if Kerry worked at, you know, she worked for a big corporate, she'd have had to jump through loads of hoops and have loads of management meetings about, oh, should we do this? Can we say this? Is this going to offend anyone? Blah, blah, blah. But Kerry just cracked on with it in her, you know, in her in her um, studio where she makes all of her brilliant stuff. And she got this stuff out there, like the day, you know, just a few days after this legislation had been put in place. and. She's gone viral. She's had hundreds of sales. She didn't have to have any sign off from a boss or anybody else. She could just crack on with it. And it's been really, really successful for us. So things like that, you know, these are the things that we we really do need to appreciate um, when we work for ourselves. You know, following on from Kerry and her XL bullies, and she does some like loads of bonkers stuff. But, you know, you can do the crazy ideas that you have and you don't have to listen when people doubt you. Like when I had this, I've got this holiday cottage. Um, talked about it before Sunnyside Cottage which, which I um, bought it I got the keys in April and then I wanted to make it really dog friendly and um, we opened the doors for bookings in June and touch wood it's been really busy it's been people have loved what we've done and I've put loads of dog friendly stuff in there we've got like lead stations we've got feeding uh, raised feeders we've got personalized dressing gowns for the dogs we've got welcome packs for the dogs um amazing beds like all this really great stuff like dogs all over the curtains and stuff like that like when I was telling people about this people were saying oh I don't really understand why you do that and are you sure you're not going to put people off and all of this kind of doubt and negativity but I was like no this is what I really want to do and I followed my heart 
and it's worked. And again, if you're working for a big organisation, you can't you just can't do things like that, can you? You've got to have all kinds of people approve things, and yeah, it's a nightmare. And then the other thing that you have, which is a really great thing as a solopreneur, is when it comes to personal development, you you can choose the route that you take rather than your boss. You can work on anything that you like. So if you decide you want to, um, you know, you're a dog trainer and you want to go and learn about coaching, you can go and do that. Um, I was talking, I was listening to um, Tori Mystic and she is a, she's got a podcast. I'll link to it in the show notes. She's like a social media expert. She's, um, she runs a fantastic coaching um, community for pet businesses. She's a blogger. She's huge in the US. She's absolutely lovely. And she decided that she wanted to train to be a, a dog trainer. I think she might actually be a behaviorist. Sorry, I should have checked this before I recorded. But anyway, so she's done, you know, she's learned to be a dog trainer alongside all of her work that she does in marketing. So, you know, you can do whatever you want, can't you? Which is brilliant. I trained to be a coach last year. My business was all about communications and publicity, but I thought, no, I want to upskill. And now I'm gonna I'm gonna be spending more time and investing more and getting better at coaching rather than getting better at marketing because I think I've done you know I'm not saying I'm a brilliant marketer but I think I've I've heard and seen enough of that now I want to get better at what I do so when it comes to your personal development you choose the route that you take so there are some of my like pluses and then I wanted to link to a positive study as well because I've linked to the neggy study haven't I not negative but you know just the reality um but there's a really good study that I found um by small business Britain um they found there are 5.5 small businesses in the UK. Um, and as we come out of three years of uncertainty, they say what we need is more talk of growth, hope and opportunity. Now, they did a study of 1,038 businesses in the UK and they found 60%, this was at the beginning of this year, 60% expected to grow this year with 16% expecting growth of over 50%. The message for me there is that small businesses haven't given up especially after the absolute nightmare that we had last year and then Christmas and the postal strikes and everything else that, you know, it was just one thing after another, wasn't it? So small businesses haven't given up. The thing that small businesses do have is the ability to bounce back. They also find, found that there is a move towards trying new things, a focus on new revenue streams and an optimism that even in a recession, that things will work out well, with 22% feeling very confident their business will grow which again, this is the kind of stuff that we need to hear, isn't it? And that's very confident. Um, there was a really good case study in there, Celia McDonald from For Dog's Sake For Dog's Sake Treats. Celia makes cakes and treats. She's over in Liverpool. Hi, Celia, if you're listening. She talked about her experience. Um, she shared in the report, she said, we did really well over Christmas, but not as good as last year. Not just because people are spending less, but the postage strikes meant I had to cut off ordering earlier than usual. Some stock went off because of the delays. I've approached some local shops to see if they want to sell my items and want to look into the possibility of doing some kind of subscription. They will pay a small amount each month so that they can spend that credit when they want to. So again, yes, Celia's saying, yeah, you know, I've had a bit of a rough time, but actually from that, she's you know, and something has come out of it, the idea for a subscription, which could give Celia some certainty um, and be another revenue stream for her as well and just make her business a little bit more, you know, just feel a little bit more robust. Um, I'll link to the Small Business Britain study in the show notes as well so you can have a look through that. Some really good case studies in there. And then, like, let's look at this Christmas. So, again, 
we can't predict what's going to happen this Christmas. And I have had a quite a good dig around for research. As I'm recording this in September, there isn't lots out there. But I did find some Kantar research that found 50% of people agree with the statement, I like to splash out at Christmas compared to 46% last year. So I know it's only 4%, but we've got to grab at the positives, haven't we? And then the other thing, which I know you know, but we can't hear it enough, is that we love spending on our pets, don't we? Last year, 2022, we spent £8 billion and £3 billion of this was on food. Um, and that was in the middle of a cost of living crisis as well and the nightmare that was last Christmas. Um, when it comes to this spending, as I said, the largest category is pet food. Um, that includes um, shop-bought food as well as, you know, your fresh, homemade, raw, um, you know, your, your smaller brands who are, um, you know, selling direct to consumers. Vet care and pet insurance obviously make up a big chunk of that figure. Haven't got a total breakdown. Other major categories include treats and supplements, grooming services, accessories like beds, toys, clothing, and tech products like trackers, cameras, that kind of thing. Um, boarding and pet sitting have also seen growth as travel has, you know, we've started traveling again after the pandemic. Um, and that study also found that retail services like grooming have also they're you know they're benefiting as well other things um, that are growing other areas that are growing or anything around um sustainability so products that are organic natural eco-friendly these are all these are all things that people are looking for um as we become more environmentally friendly and environmentally conscious other areas for growth things like um you know vegan dog food insect-based dog food all kinds of fascinating things going on so there is you know growth in lots of different areas there so we've talked about the um we've talked about the roller coaster and what that's all about i've talked about getting drunk on a hindu when i worked at the news of the world and telling my boss that i didn't want to work for him anymore i was very polite um and we've talked about some some stats which show the reality that you know not everybody's six figure in this and 10 grand month that um small businesses are are finding it tough so if you're finding it tough then you're not on your own we've also talked about the positives as well haven't we um so let's talk about like what what you can do what can you do to feel like a more confident and robust small business owner um i think it's just accepting that it is like a roller coaster it's also like when i talk to my one-to-one clients talk about like the game of like snakes and ladders and if you are um i'd say over the age of about 40 maybe 30 you'll you might remember snakes and ladders it was a board game basically you'd start at the bottom um and you'd roll a dice and if you landed on a ladder you'd go up the board game and the idea was whoever gets to the top of the board is the winner so if you land on all the ladders you just keep going up and up and up but if you land on the snake then you go tumbling down again and it's just like running a small business isn't it you know you'll land on a ladder and something really brilliant will happen but then you'll bimble along for a little bit and then something there'll be a spanner in the works a snake will bite you and you'll go falling back backwards again but then you keep going you keep back up you roll the dice you move forward you get to the next ladder and you keep going and that's what it is all about it's about being resilient and that's what us small businesses do isn't it we make our way around the board and we keep getting back up so what do you do to keep getting back up keep on the board stay on the roller coaster whatever um analogy you want to use the things that I think are really important is to have people around who support you. That might be your friends. It might be your team. If you have a team, it might be your family members. Often I find people who aren't in the industry don't really get it or people who aren't self-employed just don't understand. They just don't get it, do they? But 
there are loads of communities out there where you can find people who will support you. And these are free communities. If you're listening and you, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not already in my um, free Facebook group, come and join me in there. It's the Your Pet Business Content Your Way Facebook group. That's, you know, I try to use that as a supportive space for people to celebrate wins and talk about challenges and talk about what they're working on and, and yeah, just get that support that they need. So free on, you know, you can find loads of free communities. Another really good one is the SBS community. I'll link to the Theopathetis SBS podcast in the show notes as well. That is a really lovely community. They have the online one, but they also have um, an event every year where Theo basically gives us all a massive hug and says keep going because you're brilliant um so that's a really good community to really good community to be a part of there's loads of like loads of um initiatives that the banks have as well i've talked about the natwest accelerator again i'll link to that in the show notes that's a really brilliant um community and support program but that's just natwest like all oh, the other banks do stuff like this as well supporting entrepreneurs so have a look into that have a look at what's there for you locally but having people around you to support you is, is a biggie having a sounding board somebody who you can talk to and run your crazy ideas by is also um, going to help keep you going talked about communities really important um surround yourself with people who want to build you up and not knock you down and if you are in communities where you feel rubbish then take a step away from them I had this when I was a free, still I'm a freelance journalist, but some of the freelance journalist groups would sometimes feel really negative because, you know, all the budgets were going and it was really hard and people were struggling and taking a step back of, taking a step away from things that make you feel bad is going to help you. Um, another really important thing to do is, um, I was talking about this in a coaching, I'm in a coaching membership where um, I am a coachee, if that makes sense. So Claire Bradshaw is the lady who runs it. It's called the consciously connected coaching collective quite the mouthful isn't it but anyway we have we learn about different styles of coaching every month and we were talking about um we were talking about pressing pause and taking time to reflect and spending time outdoors and the benefits of of just being outdoors i'm going to do a whole podcast on it anyway but just being outdoors makes your brain work in a different way so if you are in that if you are in a funk and you are thinking oh my gosh it's all rubbish and i'm you know, you feel you're having all of this negative self-talk, and we all have this. If you can get outside, go and walk. Just walk. Let your just get out of you know, get outside. Take time out. That's always really going to help you. Um, and ask for help. You know, there are people out there who want to help you. Ask. You know, if you want to come work with me, I'd love to help you. I'm going to be working on my coaching and and getting better as a coach and. You know, I love working with people one to one and in my Pets Get Visible um, membership. Um, and that is all about supporting you in this roller coaster that is running a small business. So I've talked for quite a long time here. I didn't think this would be as long as it is. Let's see how long I've been talking for. Oh, Christ, it's nearly 40 minutes. Patch is scratching at the door because he wants to get out. Just let Patch out. There we go. Good boy. Um, so yeah, I'm going to wrap things up. I'm going to. Um, just going to mention one last thing. Um, a couple of months ago, back in, in fact, not even a couple of months ago, a month ago, about six weeks ago, I did a podcast about um, what had happened with absolute dogs and people were going through a really tough time. Um, many of the trainers who uh, um, who train with absolute dogs, they were being accused of funding puppy farming. They were having all kinds of accusations made towards them and they felt really low. They were really scared. It was awful. Um, 
they were having a really, really tough time. And it was horrible to see. Now I'm looking at those same people and they are riding high again. They're winning awards, they're doing brilliant things, they're sharing the fabulous things that they do with their clients and just their brilliant businesses. And, you know, just a few weeks ago, they were having a really, really horrible time. So I think that just shows just how quick the roller coaster changes. And, you know, that will be the same for you as well. So it's always good to have examples there, I think. And I'm going to share one final one which is my own um, experience. Like this year, I have had a really um, challenging year. I got the holiday cottage, which obviously is a massive high. Um, but then literally as soon as I got the keys, I had this minging um, eye condition where I had like cysts on both of my eyelids and I was just in loads of pain. It was just really unpleasant. I couldn't be on a screen. Then I got the news that my uncle, my godfather, had terminal cancer and days to live. So I was by his bedside, and then obviously we've had, I lost him, and that was absolutely devastating. And we've had the funeral and probate and, and lots of other things that are happening with the family. It's been really tough. Um, and I thought, you know, I'm, you know, running a business, I just I had to strip it back and just do the minimum that I could and work with my one-to-one clients and my membership clients, but I couldn't really do anything else. And I thought, oh God, you know, this is just going to be, this year's going to be absolutely dreadful and am I a failure because I've had to take this time off and deal with other stuff and and looking at my own business and my numbers and thinking am I rubbish but actually I'm not quite sure how this has really happened but I have managed to claw things back and my earnings are back to what they were this time last year and that's with three months of the year basically I'm recording this in September near, near enough a third of the year written off um, and, you know, despite all these horrible things that have happened, things have been okay. And I guess what I want to say to you is that you will be okay when you're going through these hard times. You know, you will be okay. It's not you. The most important thing to have is resilience and to bounce back. And you're a small business owner and you've got that in droves. So I'm going to be talking more about this on the podcast um, as we, as I move in a bit of a different direction and I want to do more coachy type stuff and I want to do more stuff that's going to make you feel good I hope as a listener so I think I've rambled on enough now I would love to know your thoughts on this podcast do send me a message on social media I'm at Rachel Spencer UK on all platforms or come and find me in my free Facebook group and let's carry on the conversation there hope you found it helpful I know it's a bit random but I really hope that you do next week's episode I was going to end the series with this episode, as in the one that I'm recording now, but I interviewed this fantastic lady called Jane Arden, who's a dog trainer um, and behaviourist, um, a couple of days ago. And she just was, everything that she said was just so amazing. And I just thought, I can't not put that out. I can't wait because I'm going to have a bit of a break between this season and the next one. And I'm literally, I can't wait. I cannot not put what she said out. It's so brilliant, honestly, and I think you're going to love it. So that's what's going to be happening next week. In the meantime, I hope you have a brilliant rest of the week. Do keep in touch. Do let me know what your thoughts are. If you enjoyed this podcast, do leave me a review as well, and I will look forward to seeing you on the next one. Bye.